We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo with Michael the Nomad Stewart. I think he's getting the Michael the Nomad nickname because the poor guy is moving everywhere until he gets into his house. I got to tell you, exactly. on location in like his kind of temporary living room, his dog is nearby, so you're hearing a little doggy sound. So we are True Blue on location podcasting tonight. We have an, a, a packed show. 
with all kinds of breaking news as we're getting ready for the show tonight. And um, wow, I, I, I can't just some of the signs we're seeing across the wire today have been mind blowing, and the money just flying everywhere. But before we get to that, I got to ask straight up, Mike, how you doing? Big D, doing well, man. Finally, uh, trying to get dialed in on this cha- uh, time change, and so uh, apologize for us getting a little bit later start. But man, I appreciate your <laughs> patience, and uh, man, we're doing good. Other than that. <laughs> So he's he's referencing folks. We were recording the podcast tonight, and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm showing up. I'm all ready to go, you know. And I'm like calling on Skype. Hey, you there? You there? And I'm messaging him on Facebook, and it's like this echo back that says no. Okay, <laughs> like basically no response. I'm thinking, oh, geez, this is not Mike. Mike is Mike okay? Is he all right? Oh my goodness! Finally. I think maybe a half hour later, just some getting ready to have to try and do this podcast solo. I hear back from I'm, I'm out there calling in the emergency troops, and the emergency troops aren't answering. So solo, here it goes. And exactly. finally, <laughs> finally, he shows up. I even called Norm. Norm's on his way home from class. He's like, "Man, I can't do it tonight. Come home from class." I'm like, oh gosh. So here we are. Uh, it's it's a big one, folks. A big week for all of us here. We've seen new signings. Seeing an old, old, oldie but a newie. Is that, is that, is that even a word? Newie? Newie? No, that's not it is now. It is now. Okay. But before we get anywhere, before we, we do want to remind you that we're available anywhere podcasts can be found, including Spotify, SoundCloud, Spreaker. You can also find our podcast listed with Clutch Points. They feature an awesome app that puts loads of information, both NBA, NFL, and now more, more than that. You can even see some work of mine on Major League Baseball on their site as well. Check them out at clutchpoints.com or download the app. Also, don't forget to subscribe and leave five-star reviews, please, on iTunes. It really helps us out. Don't forget our other shows on the network. Rams Uncensored debuted last week. Rampage Radio, which is on a hiatus with a baby. Yeah, poor guy. I, I remember those days. And Butting Heads, Steve and Johnny. And sooner or later, Norm will start his new show. So we're doing the best we can to provide you as much Rams content as possible. And in order to do that, hey, buy our shirt. Seriously, we just put out this shirt. We're working with LF Designs to kind of commemorate Rams history. It's a nice shirt, nice-looking shirt. It's got our logo and imprint in that logo are all the names and historical dates for our team. It's 25 bucks, which could be a little cheaper, but that's how it goes when you're trying to ship it. And, if, you know, trying to make a profit and ship five sixty for shipping. Um, and, you know, help us out. Help support the podcast and get a great shirt. By the way, just... Want to point out we're not trying to compete with the Rams. If you want to go buy Rams gear, go for it. This is just if you want to support us and help us out, we'd really appreciate it. All right. So all that is out of the way. Oh, yeah. By the way, the T-shirt, you can get the link. It's on Twitter. It's on our Facebook page. And I'll get up on the website as well. Okay. Now we're ready. So, Mike, two big signings. One uh, was very boom, boom, happened real quick. A visit to town from Eric Weddle, and within a couple hours, he signed an, a nice, sweet contract. And, of course, late last night, we got the word that Dante Fowler's coming back. I got to give a shout-out to Blaine Greasack over at DTR. He and I had a little debate over it, and he was right. He thought that he would go for over $10 million. I thought there's no way. I was wrong. So we'll get to that first with Eric Weddle. I, you know, you're a safety guy. You played the position uh, what can you tell us about the way Eric Weddle plays the game? Well, you know, actually, I hadn't had a chance. Uh, you know, obviously, 
Eric is a, a great player, a many-time pro bowler, uh, and I actually just did some more recent research on, you know, where he played college ball up in Utah, and he's actually from the L.A. area, um, but just a hard-nosed kid, you know, started out at corner, so obviously that helps him when he has to, you know, cover on, on down, but he just has a knack for the ball. Obviously, he led the league in interceptions, uh, I think, a few years back, Uh and he's been a consistent player all his career. So the thing I like about it, uh, he's one of those guys that nothing's been given to him. He's had to pl- prove himself on every level. But, you know, when you have a guy that came out of college that was able to play both ways uh, in games and, and coaches were trying to get him uh, in there for the Heisman voting, you know, that's that's pretty huge. And watching – we got. We have to start doing video podcasts at one point. I'm trying to just. I'm laughing over here because his poor puppy wants attention. Okay, and Mike's just smiling. He's like, "Oh my gosh, my dog!" I can see that. I can almost see that going through your head. Um, well, you know, the thing about Weddle too is he, this guy, for whatever reason, teams keep cut keep cutting him. The Chargers let him go. Uh, then the Ravens let him go. And is it is it you know he's 34 years old. Get two more years, you know, coming up, even consider retirement. But for whatever reason, he keeps performing, and teams keep saying goodbye. Why his contract with the Ravens wasn't that expensive? Well, I think what happens, unfortunately, in our area of the field, once you hit thirty, you're considered over the hill and done, and you're on the downstroke. I think what happened with Eric, uh, especially with San Diego, you get a coaching change. You know, and you got to kind of reprove yourself. And then when he goes to Baltimore, you know, obviously they felt like, you know, maybe he didn't have much more left in the tank. I don't know. Or a lot of times as you get older and someone like Eric, who's made some, you know, pretty good money, it comes down to what's the market bearing. So in their mind, they probably like, yeah, we're probably not trying to pay this type of money to, you know, a guy who started the whole time he was there. So a lot of time it's probably more of a money situation than actually play. And then just the, the maybe thinking, you know, we're going to get out of here earlier than later in regards to his production, maybe slipping. Well, you know, I remember thinking back to Aeneas when Aeneas when played corner for so many years and then, you know, got into his, early to mid thirties and moved back to safety and got a couple more years out of him. And so I don't really see age 30 as this breaking point for a guy in the secondary, especially somebody who knows position well and has great instincts. And that's what Weddle has. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure the Rams didn't get a steal here. There's two years, five and a half mil per year. And so can get him, get him up a little bit higher as well. And, for a 34, 35-year-old guy, when the safety market today, LaMarcus Joyner just signed with the Raiders. Big money. We just saw Tyron Matthew, Honey Badger, <laughs> sign for big money with the Chiefs. Landon Collins from the Giants to the Redskins. My gosh, that contract is a monster contract for a box safety. I, yeah. I, I look at that and go, they got a pretty sweet deal. And they have space to draft the safety who can replace Weddle in a couple of years. I'm 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 pretty happy with this. And how do how do you feel about it? Well, I'm excited because what you're talking about, you're getting a guy obviously played many years in San Diego, 
knows the climate. Uh, grew up in the Southern California area. Played at Utah, so he played in cold weather. Played in Baltimore, cold weather. So you have a guy that has experience. Played in a number one different positions across the board in the secondary. And you're bringing a wealth of just leadership and consistency. So I think I agree that uh, all things being said, Eric continues to play at the high level he has, which, you know, the things when you somewhat get released or let go or not resigned, however they say it, you know, it leaves a little chip on the shoulder in the sense of, you know, you always feel like you have something to prove. But I'm sure Eric's probably felt like that since high school, even though he's, you know, been a player of the year and two time player of the year, you know, up there, in Utah and different things like, like that. Uh, but I'm sure he's always had something to prove. And he's going to do the same thing. I have no doubt. But he brings great leadership, most of all. And I think at times, especially when Tlaib was out last year and seeing some of the, the communication issues that took place in that secondary, I have to think that having Weddle back there as well, with Weddle, with Tlaib, that veteran leadership, I think that secondary will settle down a lot, especially with uh, Marcus Peters being, well, Marcus Peters. So I think we're going to see some good things out of the secondary uh, coming next year. And again, I, you can't. And you can't beat the contract the Rams got with him. We're finding that out. And I was, I've been real big on the safety market. I'm a little surprised at how much money's flying around, flying around right now for safeties. I mean, this is, it's a deep draft with safeties. There's a lot of safeties out there. But yet, we're seeing money flying off the board. I saw an earlier tonight a couple of experts saying, yeah, you know what? It is a buyer's market, but wait a couple of days. Wait till this top three or four safeties are gone, and then you're going to see the safety market stagnate a bit. Um, I'm thinking, I'm you know, hoping this, <laughs> this somewhat saved my prediction there. So I'm kind of kind of hoping that happens, but because I don't want to be wrong. I mean, who wants to be wrong, really? I mean, do you want to be wrong? I don't want to be wrong. I mean, but I don't want. I don't want to be wrong. Uh, but I can tell you, I'm pretty thrilled with this. And I guess you know, I just mentioned the Marcus story. We lost him today. I mean, we knew when they signed Weddle that he was going. We knew at that point that uh, he's going to command. I the numbers yeah. aren't out yet as of recording this podcast, but you got to think he's eleven, twelve million dollars, especially the way the market inflated in the last couple of days. Eleven, twelve million dollars a year. The Raiders paid him. I'm wondering where the Raiders found that money. By the way, six hours ago, the reporting the Raiders didn't have money to pay Le'Veon Bell. Like literally, didn't have enough cash reserve to pay him. But yet they went out there and signed the Marcus Joyner. So. Um, Goodbye, LaMarcus. What are your final thoughts on LaMarcus Joyner as a Ram? Well, you know, you always, uh, as we talked a little bit last time, you you love to have consistency with your team. That means you're you're signing more players than you may be losing. Uh, so I think, you know, LaMarcus overall did a decent job uh, for the Rams and things like that. But, you know, you're always happy, you know, and I'm speaking now from a player standpoint, you're always happy for a guy to, you know, be able to, quote unquote, you know, get what he feel the the market uh, if he's deserving of whatever the market there. So uh, for that, man, you know, wish him the best uh, and, and hopefully, you know, he plays well uh, for the Raiders. But, you know, I think being a Rams, former Rams player now with us, you know, as we're talking about our guys i think well, i'm just excited to see that uh you know you get a guy like 
Derek Weddle, who again is going to bring a wealth of knowledge. And I would imagine, you know, because of that, you know, we may see some different things done with the scheme as well. I'm a little confused with the Raiders because the Raiders a couple years ago were so set up. They had a bunch of talent there. Then they, they bring in John Gruden after a tough year the year before and they offload everybody. Then they trade Khalil Mack and now they're out there bringing more talent in and they're not doing it through the draft. LaMarcus Warner's going to be close to 30 here. Trent Brown is still fairly young. Le'Veon Bell is gone for a year. Not Le'Veon Bell, I'm sorry. Jeez, Antonio Brown. I'm thinking Le'Veon Bell's going to sign them. He's not going to sign them. But Antonio Brown's over 30 now. I'm really confused about this Raiders rebuild. And this is not a Raiders podcast, trust me. But, I mean, let's be honest. Because of the Raiders and their traditional fan base in California, that includes Los Angeles, we do tend to keep track of the Raiders a little bit. And we tend to see some player movement between the Rams and the Raiders. What are your thoughts about what's going on up in, up in Oakland? Well, the whole Oakland thing, you know, I was listening to a number of uh, the talk radio out here and uh, today, and it's kind of a flip of the coin. You know, they made one statement in regards to the, the left tackle they signed from New England. Uh, the report was, you know, he's a good player and things like that, but he was let go by Washington. And then, obviously, he was somewhat unresigned, not signed back with uh, New England. You know, the thing is, from the left side, you're talking about a guy that can protect. Obviously, I guess he played a lot better because Brady gets rid of the ball. Uh, And so the dilemma is now with the Raiders, they like to go with the vertical game. You know, so you're talking more five, seven drops. So you're not talking typically a three-step drop ball is out and you know a second and a half whatever Brady was doing so now you're going to be looking at a guy that maybe could be exposed and not be as good as advertised just because he's played with the Patriots well you know I I wonder with the Raiders and just I I don't they kind of baffle me a little bit and just in terms of everything they're doing you would think with all the draft picks they have coming in they would just stick with young save their save their salary cap now, maybe even try to roll with some over for next year as they get closer to moving to Las Vegas. I, I, but now they're just throwing money around and they don't even have cash reserves. So I, what a weird team, man. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. I mean, when you look at it overall, I mean, you had a franchise guy in Khalil Mack who actually probably he's going to give you three, four wins a game because of his style of play. But it's just so interesting from one year to the next, it's a money crunch, and then it just seems like, okay, you guys are just spending like you're not even paying attention to the overall plan. So it'll be interesting because when you sign, you know, this many free agents so quick, uh, you still have to gel with the team, new systems, all those kind of things. But uh, I, I, I'm maybe I'm wrong but maybe they're going to take those picks and you know package them for for monies or a player or something else i don't know but it would seem like they would kind of use the picks seem like that's why they got them is for the draft but yeah who are we right (laughs) no but the weird thing is you know just a few years ago this we've been talking about the rams like this 
there were times in the Rams front office did a lot of head-scratching things, and you're wondering, what the heck's going on there? And so part of me watching what the Raiders do and some other clubs are doing, it makes me really, really you know, glad that we have somebody in charge who knows what they're doing now. For all the criticism that Les Snead took under Jeff Fisher, or with Jeff Fisher, now that he's away from Fisher, and I'm, I'm not, you guys know how I feel about Jeff Fisher. I'm not hammering Fisher here, guys. I'm not. I'm just saying it didn't work, okay? And we're seeing, yeah. we're seeing what Leslie can do with, you know, his his tag team partner there, Sean McVay, and I like what I'm seeing. Okay, so before we move on, I want to give a shout out to Jim Hawk, man. Uh, great spot. Hey, by the way, Jim Hawk sent us an email today saying our our shirt looks pretty cool. Actually, I think the words were your shirt's awesome. So you know, hey, there's a personal endorsement there from our sponsor. Uh, most of us are addicted to anything. Los Angeles Rams, trust me. I mean, I really am. I mean, you could put like you know an IV in me, or you know, I'll, it'll bleed out Rams colors. Okay. Well, if you want to learn more about the Rams history with a bit of personal touch, check out Jim Hawk's Hollywood team. Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. The book tells the story of the 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out some story of his father and the team he played for in an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Hurst, Tom Fierce, and Les Richter in this story spanning the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at hollywoodsteam.com and on Twitter at hollywoodsteam. It's available both in hardback and electronic form on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Oh, and the paperback version? It's coming out September 6th. Just in time for the 2019 season. Folks, I've read it. i got to get Mike a copy. I'm going to read it, right, Mike? You'll read it. He, he's, he's looking at me like, yeah, right. I'll read it. <laughs> he's a busy man, folks. He's a busy man. But, but, this, the profits here go to Homeboy Industries. That's where the proceeds go. It's his charity working to get... Help for people who are stuck in gang life and get them out there in the real world with real life jobs and give them hope for the future. So it's a great cherry. Check it out. Hollywood's Team Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's worth your time. Okay. So another free agent thing we can talk about now. Dante Fowler Jr. is back. I, I didn't see this coming the way it came down. I. I I have to be honest, man. I'm, I was dead wrong on this. I had I thought there was no idea. No, sorry, not no idea. No way. A week and a half ago, that he would go for more than ten million dollars. And then, as I started seeing the market shape up, I realized I was going to be wrong. How wrong? Well, reports are out now that Dante Fowler Jr. last night signed a one-year deal worth up to fourteen million. Um, it's not the base deal. We don't know the base. It's believed to be around eleven million, so three million in incentives, and of course, it's a prove-it deal. So he could be—he'll be back in the free agent market next year. I would assume that as a young man, where he is, he'll probably earn a good deal with the Rams if he proves himself and be a long-term fit for this team. Otherwise, the Rams just let a whole bunch of people go to pay him. So I don't know what your thoughts are getting Dante back at that price. Well, I, I think that the idea is to get him in and know that he's here. And then I'm sure they, you know, obviously run the numbers to see where they can tie him up for a longer period of time. Uh, but I, I think he's, you know, deserving of 
uh, what he's getting right now. And again, you know, it gives, again, some solidifies the defense in some areas. Uh, Now with Eric being on board as well, uh, Dante coming back. And then, uh, you know, again, we got a few more guys that, that, that we probably need to sign or see what we're going to do. But yeah, I think for Dante, I think it's good for the team in the sense that again, it, it keeps some cohesion. And I would imagine with him now having an off season and a training camp, even to get more familiar with the system, he's going to be that much better and more dominant next year. And I have to hope that's what the Rams believe too. I think, it, I mean, the Rams are, the ones who are watching every ounce of his film here, they're seeing everything he does. His numbers don't bear fruit in terms of the overall, but you know he didn't—he wasn't really much of a starter until last year. He was mainly a backup role. He had injury his first year in, in training camp, and you know people forget that sometimes those knee injuries take some time to come out and and fix yourself. And you know he didn't—he wasn't flashy when he first came over that trade, but as the year went on. We started hearing the name Dante Fowler called more and more and more. It's obvious the Rams believe in him. And, well, that puts us out on an edge rusher. I think, you know, we don't really have the money to go up there and pay another big one. We're actually down our salary cap after the two signings. Is somewhere between, depending on what what Fowler Jr.'s actual base contract is. Again, we believe it's $11 million, $14 million total with incentives. Is, so it's probably going to put us at about fifteen million to eighteen million salary cap wise. Well, that takes out of the running for virtually almost every major every major free agent that's left out there. For example, C.J. Mosley still out there talking to some teams. He's um, his market value is ten point six million a year. I at this point I think the Rams aren't looking for an inside linebacker. They're going to try and go with who they got. I'm guessing Michael Kaiser, part of that. Uh, you think anything differently there? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, I, I'm assuming, you know, we still have the draft coming up. And uh, I would imagine there's some some good young talent that's, that's coming via the draft. Uh, but this is kind of the fun time. I mean, it's, it's kind of cat and mouse from team to team, cat and mouse with our own team. Uh, just to see where the money is actually going to get spent and then how much is left in case they need to do something. But with the way these contracts are uh, designed, I'm I'm sure they have some outs on some things. And, you know, this is what's unfortunate. That's when, you know, guys can get packaged in a deal for a trade or something like that. So it'll it'll be interesting now to see, uh, you know, where we go, what's left on the cap. I'm looking at it going I'm 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 expecting them to make a play for one more guy and then they're going to start filling the the backfilling the roster with the role players and they have a ton of free agents right now that are in play that they they can bring back. I'm looking at guys like um the Troy Hills of the world in the secondary, Sam Shields. So, I'm expecting them to make those moves in the process we'll see on anybody else. I'm just kind of curious as to how that's going to go down. I'm looking also at um, other possible targets. Anthony Barr, he signs with the Jets today. That That's a big one. Um, who else is on our list here? Uh, Preston Brown is out there. He missed nine games. The Bengals played very well for them. 
you could probably get him. He had a, he was on a four year deal. If they want him after a four year deal, you know, sorry, four million dollar contract, not four year, four million dollars for one year. That'll be interesting to see what happens. He's a free agent now, and if uh, he might, he'd be a risky guy, but he could be good. He was leading the team in tackles when he got hurt. Then there's um, Brandon Marshall who's still out there. Here's one that I've seen tossed around: Jake Ryan, an inside linebacker, kind of a bench guy. He's had his injuries. Played for the Packers for a while. Very cheap, very affordable. Um, had a cap hit last year for two point zero two million dollars for the Packers. Uh, guy who won't be back. Again, injured guys, risky. So at the linebacker position, the Pickens is getting pretty slim. I think you're right. We're probably going to see what we got and go with it. Hopefully, our scouting department is doing their homework. There's always a steal. There's always someone that's probably not on the radar radar per se that they're probably gotten their eye on whether via you know maybe a trade or maybe they anticipate. You know, because these guys, even though some things are supposed to be kept secret, you know, these guys are friends off the field, these GMs and things. So you just never know who's going to get released because of a cap situation, you know, later in the summer. And then a guy just all of a sudden becomes available, whether it's, you know, release or a trade or, you know, maybe again, they have some young talent that they're eyeing in the draft that they feel that they can get as well. Yeah, and some other guys, too, that are out there as well that we, we've talked about briefly in the past. Shaq Barrett, his market value is $7.1 million. I think we can take him off the list right now. I think that's probably too much what the Rams can afford. Uh, we know Dante Fowler is, is getting big money there. Shane Ray, a guy who played under Wade Phillips, did not really earn the starting spot. You'll probably get him for a couple million dollars. His name is out there. He might be worth looking at as on the opposite side as a player to go join the team. The um, Clay Matthews Jr. That's a name that it, not Clay Matthews Jr. But Clay Matthews the third here. Clay Matthews the third. He's um, well. I remember when we had John Muirding from the Power Sleep on early in the year, and he talked about how basically Clay Matthews has become a one-dimensional pass rusher at this point. I think at this point. If you can get Clay Matthews cheap, he might be worth bringing in for a little bit of veteran leadership in the linebacker core. I guess, really, I, I think if we bring anybody in at this point, and this, I mean, please, please tell me if I'm wrong, I think it's going to be either on the offensive line trying to get back Saffold or on the defensive line with a guy like Sue. What Can you, can you get him back? Well, yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm hoping they get Sue back again just for the continuity. Uh, I, I would think another year with these guys playing together, it would just be that much better. Uh, but it will be interesting because, you know, just kind of talking about that linebacker situation. Uh, I, I, I just wonder, there's just some intrigue because obviously we have some need inside. So you just got to feel that. They have something up their sleeve, you know, uh, that we're just not recognizing. But I think, you know, like you're saying, you know, a guy like Shane Ray, it seems like you may be able to get him, you know, at a decent price. But again, Coach Phillips has coached him. And, you know, again, maybe he knows something that we don't know. Or maybe they're just going to wait a little while longer and just kind of 
plucking out of nowhere. I'm not sure. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how, how these things go down, you know, whether it's a Sue Gibby sign or a Saf or, you know, something else just kind of comes out of nowhere. I mean, I get the, I, I kind of think we're going to see the Rams tender their restricted free agents in the next day, right before everybody hits free agency. We're gonna, so we're going to get some more guidance there. Uh, I also think that they want to wait until the rush is through. I think they know they're limited in cap space. They know they have a Jared Goff extension coming up at Sue right now. Sue's market value is 15.4 annual. According to Spot Track, fifteen point four annual, unless he takes a pay cut, and we're talking a big pay cut. I don't see how he comes back. Now he was favored for the for the Raiders, and now we just seen the the Joiner signing. I don't see the Raiders going out there and paying big money to him, to paying Brown and paying Joiner and, and and so on and so forth. So I'd be really curious to see how that pans out. But the word is just coming out tonight that he's looking at other West Coast. He wants to in the West Coast. He was Seattle, San Francisco. I'm sorry. I don't want this guy playing. <laughs> I don't want to play this guy twice a year. I mean, we know what he can do when he's on. I would love to see Sue back because, yeah, obviously we don't want to see him two times a year for the teams up north, Frisco, Seattle. Uh, but I, I think he would give us – quote-unquote, first right of refusal. So it'll just be, you know, they'll just have to figure out how to structure the deal, you know, whether it's more in the signing bonus that they can uh, move over the length of the contract. But if it's a one-year, then there's not a whole lot of wiggle room. Obviously, he's not going to take a $2 million signing bonus and everything else uh, in some type of incentive. He's not going to do that, I'm sure. But I'm sure there's some way to to structure a deal that, you know, he'd be willing to, you know, just stay in the same system another year. It would be nice. It would be nice to see that. It would be nice to see it happen. But, man, that salary cap is getting a little close. I, I actually think the, uh, the odds are better on Roger Saffold getting him back. I think you can only get one of the two back right now. I think the odds are better with him. The guard market's kind of shifting a little bit with all the, you know, we saw the trade with the Jets moving. We see the big money paid by the Raiders out in their offensive line today. It was a possibility that, you know, the Raiders might be looking on the offensive line. All of a sudden, I wonder about Saffold's market, and we've heard nothing, absolutely nothing about Roger Saffold in terms of people, you know, looking for him. And so that has me thinking, you know what, maybe, just maybe, We'll see him back. Yeah, I, I think that, again, when you're talking about uh, a, a group that's been together, and I'm thinking more from the terms of Coach McVay uh, being a play caller, uh, the offensive coordinator, basically, he's going to want to have that same setup, knowing, again, you got another year, another guy year in the system, Guys are playing together. We now really know what the strengths and weaknesses are. And now you have a situation where you can now focus in the offseason on certain things to improve those areas that may have, have fallen off a bit. Yeah. I, Again, I, it's, are you going to get someone? Go ahead. I mean, I just look at it and you go with the guy who, who got you there. 
you know, and the guy who's exactly. saying, and you know well. Exactly. Yeah, I just, I look at him and I think, well, it makes the most sense to me to to see where he's going, where this team's going. You know, I just seen Turf Show Times had, had a report up on him, on the Titans being interested in him. And that's fine. You know what, the Titans have been another one of those 9-7, and 9-7 and seven teams for a while now. Listen, right. you have a Super Bowl team here. This is the team you've been with your entire career. Go back to go back and play for the Rams. Uh, it, well, you got to figure he could be on a team that's going to be in the hunt year after year. You know, I'm, I I can't see the Rams just dropping off to the point where we're just not going to be in the hunt. I, things are set up for us to be there each and every year. So unless he's just maybe asking for something that they're going no way on, I, I, it just seems like he would stay here and uh, ride the wave to a few Super Bowl rings and a lot of the other good things, you know, being in the Southern California market. It, I mean, to me, it just makes sense. And, you know, I think it really depends on what you're looking for. Every player is different, right? Some players, they have their eyes on the money. And some players have their eyes on what's best for their family. And some players have their eyes on the ring. I mean, am I, am I accurate here? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, we don't know if he's figuring, hey, this is going to be my last crack at maybe what he figures may be his biggest contract. I don't know. Uh, But I just think that when you keep going from team to team year in and year out, you got to just start over. And though you can do it and maybe you get the money, but it all depends on the system. (laughs) So you can go to another place. I'm sorry. Your dog is cracking me up, man. Uh oh. <laughs> so the system could be more have your play look like you're not as good as a player that that you are. So I just think when you stay in the system and you've been there, you get better and better because it just becomes more second nature. But you know the weird thing here is this: is you know, Roger Saffold took so much abuse his first couple years of the Ram. They drafted him to be the left tackle. It didn't work. Got all these injuries. And he earned respect because he kept fighting back, and he kept getting better over the years. I mean, he nobody could ever doubt how tough this guy was. It used to be picked on for being fragile, right? And right. That's not. I mean, that's, I think it's a horrible thing to do, by the way, because these guys took a beating out there, and freak things happen. But this guy came back. He became a steady force on this team. He found his place. He's respected, you know. I'm he's he's not going to be a Hall of Fame guard or anything, but he can go down as one of the better Rams in in the team's history. He'll be you know, he'll be known as a Ram. I just don't. Absolutely. For me, it's Absolutely. sentimental. I guess it might not be the same for him, but why leave that? Right, right, and you you figure that he's thinking the same thing, and once you've been somewhere a little bit. And as you get older in your career, you're less likely to want to just go across the country or to another place because some things just become second nature. This is how I go to work. This is how this is where my locker is. This is when I eat. This is where I shop. You know, all those things play in the part of just having things settled in your life. Okay, so news breaking here. LaMarcus Joyner is 10.5, around 10.5, according to Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. 
10.5 wow. per year. I think that's about where we expected him to go. So good on LaMarcus, but um, <laughs> 10.5 a year. There you go. Yeah. There All right. Go. So moving on. It, I, it is time about time for us to go, but there's a couple more things just wanted to broach with you. I'm going to go with the player perspective here. You know, we we don't talk as much NFL stuff on here as much as talk Ram stuff. Okay. And I do want to ask you about, well, I want to ask you about the Antonio Brown thing. We saw him get traded to the Bills. Word leaks out that he nixed that one. He turned down, he had, he, the Steelers asked him to waive the roster bonus deadline date so they can try and get more time to trade him. That didn't happen. Um, and eventually he's traded to the Raiders, becomes the highest paid player in history. Uh, sorry for a wide receiver, highest paid wide receiver in the league. And, um, you know, I guess I want to ask you, I understand basically he played whatever leverage he has and he got the best deal. This is a power play, right? It's a power play. But will this help the players long-term or are you going to see some bounce back from other teams across the league as time goes on? Yeah, so with the uh, you know AB situation, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out with uh, future management and teams and organization, regardless of how. Because in this situation, obviously, you know AB was one of the top tier guys, and maybe was able to wield a little more power, especially with uh, John Gruden going on the airwaves or TV, whatever it was. Uh, saying that uh, he's worked with all kind of receivers, the Jerry Rice's and Antonio Brown's is the hardest worker he's ever seen. So I think that swung a little leverage his way, and obviously they were able to get a deal done, deal done with the uh, the Steelers. But uh, eventually, you know, it's, it's probably going to be some backlash in the sense of you know these teams. But as usual, when things like this happen. AB was kind of able to to do it, but there'll be adjustments, I'm sure, going forward on both sides from the players and and teams and management. It just wouldn't surprise me at this point to see, you know, one or two owners decide to get tough with somebody again. I mean, me personally, if if I had owned the Steelers, it, I, I have to be honest, knowing the effect this guy has on my cap, AB will cost. On the Steelers cap this year, $21.25 million in dead money. Okay. If that's the case, I'm sorry. I'm not trading you, man. I'm going to make – you're going to come out here. You're going to work out your problems. You're going to fix it. <laughs> or, you know, you're just going to have to be unhappy because I am not – I am not going to just have $21.2 million on my account – for virtually nothing. A third and a five back is nothing for the one of the best receivers in the league. I understand that folks are going to say, well, he'll be a poison in your team. Well, your team's already in trouble with, with a $21.2 million dead cap hole. Well, it's interesting because uh, a former player, Keyshawn Johnson, number one draft pick, uh, was Gwen and throw me the damn ball guy said that uh, if it were him, 
he said he would have he wouldn't have done it either. He said if it were me, um, the day he didn't showed up, I would have fined him till you know the end of the season. And so I'm like, mm, I guess yeah, I guess they could have done that, but it just seemed like they were willing to move on and maybe whatever meeting he had with the Rooney's, they both agreed that you know, they would just his word and actually go where they were going to trade him. So I'm sure something like that had to happen. But, yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's rough. All right, guys. So, hey, folks, if you want to sponsor us, reach out to us at RamsTop1945 at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 657 657- Six 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 five four five three. We have a media kit ready to get out to you. Don't forget that T-shirt I mentioned earlier. We we uh, <laughs> we put the time on this one. Trust me. Okay. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Talk Rams and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. Find me on Twitter at DC Apollo. You can find Michael at one Duke twenty three. I'm shutting down a little early tonight. We're having a few technical difficulties. So before we have a big train wreck here, we're gonna go ahead. And, yes. Yeah, and let you go. We'll work on that. I think it's a, I think it's a combination of just a bad night in the house here. We've been working on those technical stuff for a while, and we appreciate your patience. And thanks for coming on, and listening to us, chat it out. Mike, any final thoughts you got? Final thoughts are: I think the Rams are are moving in a great direction this off season thus far, and so it'll be interesting to see what the the next few days play out in in the Ram world. And we we got a couple big ones coming up. All right. So, folks, check us out. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all those places, iabitred.com. You know where to find us. From Mike, this is Derek C. Paul over here at Rams Talk. Take it easy. We're out of here. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history still in the make? The NBA only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Aaron's makes getting the furniture, electronics, and appliances you need easy and affordable. Great deals, easy approvals, free delivery. That's Aaron's. The rent-to-own power of the AA team. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.